Welcome to the Simply Christ podcast, your podcast dedicated to making Jesus our spiritual master and exploring and experiencing the spiritual realm. My name is Mark Shepard, and I'm glad you are here and you are joining us today. Please make sure to subscribe and share this with your friends and family, and check out our YouTube channel. It's called Simply Christ. Uh, there we have audiobooks, Christian audiobooks, that you will not find in any other place, really, or at least many other places. And we also have our website, simplychrist.org. That's simplychrist.org. Uh, speaking about the YouTube videos, we have just put up our first teaching video, so make sure you check that out. Um, I'm not in the habit of going ahead and just copying and pasting what's on a video and putting it onto a podcast because I know there are different audiences. And sometimes there are people who want to listen to both and they want to get maybe a different perspective. And I tend to go with where I feel God is leading me at the time. If you check out the podcasts and check out the video, you will see that many times they're just two different things. Not that they're different from what they're saying and contradicting and contradicting themselves, but just different subject materials and maybe a different angle, including some different insights. Today, we are going to be looking at how to develop a spiritual mindset. To me, that's incredibly important because I think that is the foundation of Christianity or what we call Christianity. And what I mean by foundation, it does not take away that Jesus Christ is our foundation, of course, that's very much true. But in the sense of reality and how we live life and what reality truly is, it is the fact that we are living in a spiritual realm. And we have got to understand the concept of a spiritual realm. Too many times as Christians, and I grew up thinking this as well, and maybe you grew up thinking this too, is that the spiritual realm is something that's in a faraway place. In other words, heaven and God and the angels and Jesus and everybody else live on this huge cloud somewhere out in the middle of space or some other place. And the rest of this is we're just kind of stuck here. And when we die, we go to the place where the clouds and the harps are. And that if God is involved, he's involved very little in the affairs of the world, and our only job is to be good, not get into any trouble, believe Jesus is the Son of God, and then when we die, we will go on to eternal place where we will be happy forevermore and get our halo and our wings and our harp and sit. Frankly, I find that a little boring because I don't think, and I, well, I'm absolutely certain that is not what heaven and the heavenly realms are. It is all about the spiritual realm. If we are going to grow in our spiritual knowledge, it is essential that we understand that it is all about a spiritual realm. Everywhere that we are at is all about the spiritual realm. Everything we look at, everything we see is a reflection of that spiritual realm. All the things of creation, all the things that people do, whether it's good or bad, are a reflection of something that is taking place in the spiritual realm. That might come as a shock to many people because many people don't see it that way. Many people see it as simply just being on this earth, just being good and not getting into trouble, memorizing your scriptures, and that's it. But that's a very, very unacceptable way, I think, and I believe, according to what scriptures teach us. 
We're not taught to memorize scriptures, or we're not told that our life on earth is about understanding intellectual concepts of Christianity. And that's one of the things I want to talk today about, is the difference between intellectualizing something and being spiritual about something. It doesn't mean if you're a spiritual person, you are against anything that's intellectual. No, it's not saying that at all. What I am saying, and in fact, let's just jump into it right now, is that spiritual living and intellectual study of the scriptures or intellectualizing Christianity are two separate things. I can pick up a scripture, a passage of scripture, and I can quote book chapters and verses. I can go study the Greek. I can study the Aramaic. I can study everything that there is to know about scriptures. I can know all about the isms and I can know all these things, but I can be completely devoid of a spiritual life. And frankly, I have found in my experience and the people that I've run across, and and I'm not pointing fingers because I was very much the same way, and it's something we all struggle with, is this idea that it's all about knowing and how much we know our scriptures or how much we know of a certain of a, of a certain uh, uh, concept. We have intellectualized Christianity. We have intellectualized, intellectualized Jesus. But my point is this, is that how many times have we run across somebody and says, wow, that person, that minister, that person is a good, solid Christian. Okay, well, what makes them a good, solid Christian? What makes them so good that you admire in them? Well, they went and got a doctorate in Hebrew and Greek and Bible study, and they are a pastor of a church with 100,000 or 200,000. I know I'm exaggerating here, but they're a huge following. They've written 20 books. They held all these conferences. They know all these different things. They can quote all these different concepts of the Scripture, but in reality, they know nothing about the fruit of the Spirit, a tree that's barren. Intellectualism and being intellectual about something doesn't mean that you're spiritual. Because if that's the case, smarter people with a higher IQ would therefore have a better chance of being spiritual then, wouldn't they? And a person with, let's say, a lower IQ, well, they're not as spiritual as what the smarter people are. See what we've done with things, especially in Western society. We're really bad about that. We're really bad about our our doctorate degrees and our master's degrees and our bachelor's degrees and all the degrees that we have, our pedigree. Now, if you have those, it's okay. There's nothing wrong with those things. Of course not. It's good to use the intellectual gifts that God has given us. However, that does not make us spiritual in any sense of the word. Because I know many people who have much lower IQs, who are some of the sweetest, gentlest, most spiritually gifted, and what I mean by that is the fruit of the Spirit with peace, love, joy, patience, godliness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, and they have much more of that than the person who has the you know, 20 pedigree titles by their name, and they know so much about, or they go to church, and they're always in church every day, and they're the song leader, or the praise and worship leader, or the elder of the church. It doesn't mean anything. I know many elders in churches, and, and this is kind of a, a rebuke many times on what I'm about to say, but I have seen many times elders and deacons and other church leadership who have no idea of the spiritual life. In fact, I get this now. I literally heard a person one time tell me that the Holy Spirit was dead. Now, this was a church leader, okay? He told me that the Spirit was dead. 
It doesn't exist anymore. And what I mean by that doesn't exist here at all. It's not there. I kind of looked at him like I could not believe he was saying this. But his explanation in all this was when the Bible was created, the spirit was no longer needed. Now, I want you to think about that for a moment. His belief was that now that there is a book, we don't need the spirit anymore. All we need now is to memorize things, put all these pieces together and understand them in this smart way and and memorize these things and and therefore God is going to judge us on those. That that is and and I, I'm I'm stunned by that to this day. Because if there's anything, anything that is written in the Bible, the New Testament especially, and even in the Old Testament, which was just kind of a a, a little bit of a revealing of some of that, is that it is about the spiritual life. That's what it's all about. Jesus talks about it. He talks about it many times in John. If you look at Jesus' discussion with Nicodemus, you will find that he talked about that many times. And all through John, he promises this Holy Spirit. But many people see that this Spirit, uh, it's, it was there until the New Testament was written. And then we have this book, and that's what we're judged by. Think about that and stretch that to the next limit for just a moment. I'm, I'm going to take this even a little bit further. Because what that is telling us now is that God is no longer near to us. And he's retreated back to heaven and he's given us a book. Let me ask you, if we say we have a relationship with God and we believe that God has retreated to heaven and given us a book, do we really have a relationship? How can we have a relationship with a spiritual being if the spiritual being is gone and given us a book. We have a relationship with what? A book. I'm not called to have a relationship with a book. I'm called to have a relationship and be called a son and a daughter of God. Think about what is being said in that. A son or a daughter of God. In fact, in John chapter 1, and and by the way, we're going to be looking at some different discussions in John, especially in the first chapter, we're going to be talking about what, what some of these concepts are. And I'm reading from the Aramaic scriptures. If you go to my website, and sometimes if you want to follow along what I'm saying, you have time to do that. There's a link to the Holy Aramaic Scriptures in the Aramaic Scriptures. If you didn't listen to the last podcast, many people believe that Jesus spoke in Aramaic and a lot of the New Testament may have been written in Aramaic, except maybe some of the other gospel or not gospels, uh, letters um, and epistles by Paul and so forth. But Matthew, Mark, maybe Luke, John were all written maybe in Aramaic. So this person has gone through and put together the Scriptures in Aramaic. And of course, they're written with with a with a translation in English but you, you read it and you see different words in there and it's really amazing I should say because in chapter 1 of John verse 12 it says but those who have received him he has given shultana or power unto them so that they may become the sons of Allah which is God in Aramaic unto those who are believing in his name now think about this receiving him, when we receive Jesus, and what it means by receiving Jesus is isn't some altar call that we necessarily do. It's not some prayer that we do. It is a surrendering of our life. That's what it means to receiving, saying, remember, he says, ask, seek, knock. I'm knocking at the door. Open. When you open and say, okay, I want you to come into my life and live in here. And when we redo that, then we can become the sons of of Allah. Have you ever thought yourself as a son of God or a daughter of God? Have you ever seen yourself as a daughter or a son of God? 
See, when we think of the Son of God, we think of Jesus. And if anybody was to ever call themselves a Son of God, oh, that's blasphemy. Only Jesus was. Jesus was the ultimate Son. But we are still sons and daughters of the Most High. John even talks about it in the first chapter. So when we understand developing the spiritual mindset, we have to understand that everything is based upon a spiritual view of life. And we have to accept that because the spiritual realm is all around us. It's not in a far-off location. It's not on top of some holy mountain far, far away. It's not in some another planet millions and billions of light years away. It's not in some other area up in the sky on a cloud. It's around us. The kingdom of God is within us, as Jesus says, because the kingdom of God is within you. And it's also around us, the spiritual realm. When I used to give lessons uh, at some of these conferences, I, I would tell people, imagine if you had a pair of glasses, like there was an old movie, I think, called The Man with the X-Ray Vision. It's one of those old 60s or 50s movies, something like that. And this person could wear these glasses, and he would wear these glasses, and, and he could see people. It, it was like, or I don't know, glasses or put eye drops or something like that. And he could see through people, and he could see what was really going on. If we think about it, that's really what's going on, is if we can put a pair of glasses on, we could see the spiritual realm around us. And it would be even more real than the microphone that's in front of me, or the laptop that's in front of me, or your phone, or whatever device you're listening on listening to this podcast. It's even more real than that, because it's the ultimate form of reality is in the spiritual world. The things that we have here are temporal. They're always changing. Everything is deteriorating. It's either growing up to a point, and then it deteriorates. Our bodies are, everything is. There's nothing that's here on this planet that has not changed over the course of time. The tallest mountain has changed. The sea has changed. Everything has pretty much changed in some degree. We're all, we all grow up we all pass away. But in this realm, this realm that's all around us that we cannot see is a spiritual realm. And when we pass through that door, we enter into the reality in the fullest sense of the reality of that spiritual world. It does not mean that we cannot experience that spiritual realm in the way that God wants us to experience it. Now, it doesn't mean that we can go straight to heaven uh, or experience heaven all the time around us. We can't do that because heaven is where there's no sickness, there's no disease, there's no pain, no suffering, all those things. But there are times in which we can, in fact, Paul talks about that in 2 Corinthians, he talks about an experience that many people think it was him who had. We'll talk about that some other time. But the spiritual realm is what we have got to accept around us. Now, let's go to John chapter 3 again. Nicodemus was a ruler of Jesus's day. He was a Pharisee, and he uh, uh, came up to Jesus at night and said, hey, you know, listen, Rabbi, my master, we know that you are Malfana, a teacher sent from Allah or God, for a man isn't able to do these miraculous signs which you do, except he whom Allah or God is with. Yeshua, or Yeshua, answered him, Jesus, said unto him, Truly, truly, I say unto you, that if a man isn't born anew from the beginning, uh, born from the beginning, it isn't possible that he will see the kingdom of God. And then Nicodemus says, How is it possible that an old man may be born unless, unless it is possible to enter again the second time into the womb of his mother and be born? And Jesus answered and said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you that 
if a man isn't born from the Maya or the water and the spirit, it isn't possible that it isn't possible that he may enter into the kingdom of God. Now, there's some discussions on what Maya means, but um, there's there's some meaning, some translation, and in fact, the water and what they call the water. But what's important here is it says, unless a man is born of the water and the spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, what Jesus is saying here, you must be born into the spirit. You must be born into the spiritual mindset. You must start looking at things in a spiritual way. It is impossible to live life without a spiritual viewpoint if we're going to be living as true disciples of a master. I find it very interesting. I traveled through India, Myanmar, uh, formerly known as Burma, Nepal, Bhutan, different places like that, especially India. I've been through quite many times. And one of the things I've noticed is they have an idea of a spiritual mindset. Now, you know, yes, I disagree with some of the teachings and many of the teachings in, in those religion, but there is still a concept of a spiritual view, a spiritual view of life. And if you've ever been to India or any of those countries and you walk in those areas, you can feel it. You know that there is a spiritual component to where you are at. You can see it. You can feel it. You can sense it. Everything is wrapped around it. The entire culture is wrapped around spirituality. But here in the West, we really typically don't follow that mindset. We typically follow a mindset in which we keep our spirituality into our Bible studies, our morning prayer, and our Sunday morning worship services. Anything outside of that is not really off limits, but we'll push it into the back corner. But, you know, our culture's not set up like that, so it's very difficult for us to understand these concepts at times. And I didn't get them until when I was over in Asia and I started seeing this, and I started noticing that whenever I would talk about things of the Spirit, things of Christ— I could see the eyes light up of people who were not even followers of Jesus. I had many people who were Buddhist and Hindus who would come up to me and tell me, hey, you know what you talked about in the New Testament scriptures? We, we believe here in, in a Hindu way that this is a correlation to this. And, and I found it quite interesting. Let, let me give you an example of one. I was in Bhutan, little country, just a sandwich between India and Nepal. Anyways, I was there talking, and we were. Someone brought up uh, rejuvenation and baptism and so forth. And one of the Hind or one of the Buddhist people there. It's a heavy, heavy Buddhist country. It's just about all Buddhist, ninety nine point nine percent Buddhist. One of the people there told me said, "You know, we have in our mountain, we have a place, a legend." in our mountain that states that if you go to this cleft of a rock and you work your way and work your way up into those areas there's a waterfall and if you stand in this waterfall your sins will be washed away now their idea of sin is different from ours generally speaking but it hit me there's even a deeper understanding of a washing away of sin and a spiritual rejuvenation than what many Christians do who have the idea, well, what's required in my church is I need to walk up forward, come up on baptism day, be dunked in some water, and now I'm a Christian, and now, okay, I'm good. I did it because that's what the Bible tells me to do. But I found, unfortunately, that many Buddhists and Hindus had a deeper understanding of their belief systems and spiritual belief systems than what many Christians do. 
that we have, my friends, have got to change. We've got to start looking at life and making Jesus our master. And when we make Jesus our master, we start living in the spiritual realm. We've got to understand that living in a spiritual realm is where it's all about. That's what we need to be doing because Jesus promised us a spirit. Then in John chapter 16, he says, again, there is much I have to say to you, but you are not able to grasp it. But when the the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you unto the truth, for he will not speak from his soul's mind, but rather all that he will hear, the one will speak, and he will make the future known unto you. And when we think of future, we automatically jump into, well, the future, what's going to happen in the end times and all those kind of things. But no, the future means what is coming our way. The Spirit will let us know what the future is, not in the sense of fortune-telling, but in the sense of development of our spirit. If we go down this path, this is what we can expect. This is fantastic news. This is good stuff. We have got to develop that spiritual mindset. And it's an understanding that, number one, there is a spiritual realm. And it's all around us. And we have to delve and put ourselves into this realm. We have to look for it. We have to get into it. I look at people who, and I know many people who will look at people who uh, are of different religious, different faiths, for instance, Hinduism and Buddhism, and they see these people meditate and they will laugh at these people who are meditating and say, well, you're listening to demonic doctrines and so forth, okay? Why is it that we as Christians are not willing to tap into the more powerful source of the Spirit and God through those things, but yet we laugh at those individuals who are trying to at least do something even if it's the wrong something, they're still trying to tap into a spiritual realm. God wants us to seek him. He wants us to look for him. He wants us to talk to him. And that means listening to God. How many times do in our prayer do we even listen to God? Or do we talk most of the time? I went to a friend's house and he was having a study. Very interesting person. Don Gunter was his name and he passed away, unfortunately, a number of years ago. Great guy, one of the just a real good spiritual mentor. Miss him very deeply. But I remember going to the, his house one day and he says, We're going to talk with God today. And there was maybe about 15 of us, maybe 20. And we're sitting around his living room. Okay, let's, let's just talk to God. Let's just close our eyes and just talk. It was very awkward at first. I was like, Well, okay, what's this? Who's going to lead the prayer? And, you know, and it was just Don's way of saying, Hey, talking to God is not about leading a prayer in which we say, Dear God, thank you for this day. Thank you for our food. May everything be okay with us and our friends. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, we give God so many speeches, but we don't ever converse with him. And what we did that time for maybe a good 30 minutes was just listen. It was weird, but after a few minutes, it was like, hey, you know, well, is this God speaking to me? And then we'd share what we thought we'd heard God was telling us. It was amazing to it opened a whole new realm. Now, I know some of you are thinking, well, that's just crazy stuff. We're just not supposed to do that. We don't do that in our church. Well, I would say that maybe you ought to try doing it sometime. That's what the early Christians did. When the early Christians were deciding whether to send Paul on one of his missionary journeys, it says in Scripture and Acts that they got there and listened to the Spirit, and the Spirit told them it would be best for them to go this route. I'm paraphrasing. I don't think the Holy Spirit dropped them a, a telegram or an email from heaven. It was through spiritual discernment that they were listening. We need to listen to the Spirit, but we can't listen to those. We cannot have a close relationship with God through just knowing a book. 
We don't have a close relationship with God through a book. We have a close relationship through the Spirit. That's where our relationship is. And the Bible, this collection of scriptures, those are the things that describe the spiritual experience. It's not the Bible or the Spirit. It's the scripture or the Bible that describes the Spirit. That's what the spiritual life is. So the first thing we have to do is we have to be open to hearing from the Spirit. Are we willing to be open to hearing from the Spirit of God? Are we going to drop the fear? I remember being fear, fearful at, at one time, saying, well, God, you know, if I do this, I'm afraid of making a mistake. And I remember God specifically telling me, I think you're more afraid of making a mistake than what I am of you making a mistake. And it's true. We live in so much fear. We have this concept of a God who's ready to send anybody and everyone into hell. And everybody, in fact, let's even stretch it even more. Everybody is already in hell. And all we can do is just get some people out of hell. God did not create people to send them to hell. He created people to have relationships with them. That is what God wants. God has created human beings. He's created spiritual beings, us, on this earth to fulfill his desires on this planet in his overall spiritual realm that he has. I believe, and this is my opinion, what we have here on earth is just one atom in a grain of sand from across the universe of everything that's taking place in God's spiritual realm. That is mind-blowing. We're part of the work that God is doing through the universe, not just on this earth, but throughout the spiritual realm. If you want a good book on that, go read some of Dr. Michael Heiser's book. There's a link to him in my website, simplychrist.org. Dot org, and you'll see the link under the resources tab. Go check that out and take you to his website, and he has some great information. It's pretty mind-blowing, but it's so true. So again, number one, develop that spiritual mindset. Number two, be willing to be born in the Spirit and look at life through a spiritual realm and lens, rather. Understand that spiritual life through those lens. We'll continue more of our discussion on the next podcast. Until then, make sure you subscribe, share this with your friends, check out our YouTube channel, Simply Christ, and also our website, simplychrist.org. Leave us uh, a comment on our on our website or even on our YouTube, uh, different topics that you want to discuss. But we have got a lot going on that we're going to be talking about. We're going to be looking at the history of scriptures, where it all comes from, what it means in the spiritual sense how to hear from God, who God really is, who Jesus really is, who is the Spirit, all kinds of things we have in store for you. Share, subscribe. We'll talk to you on the next podcast.